you're gonna get used to wearing them chains after a while, Luke. But you never stop listening to them clinking. Because they're gonna remind you of what I've been saying. For your own good. Wish you'd stop being so good to me, Captain. Don't you ever talk that way to me. Never! Never! here is failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. So you get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. And I don't like it any more than you men. Another episode of A Thousand and One by One, where each week we take a film out of the book, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die, discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. My name is Adam St. John. My name is Britt Reinhold Hobson. And I'm Joey Rogate. And tonight we're heading into the Florida prison system. But before we get there, please make sure you're following us on social medias, tw- Twitter. Twitter and Instagram at a thousand and one by one. Let us know what you think about the episodes, the movies, and just ultimately tell us what you think. We appreciate it. But first, recommendations. Britt, what's your recommendation? So I, I had a couple of options coming into this week. Um, ultimately, I decided that I wanted to go with another depiction of non-compliance. I feel like that's a very important theme throughout this movie. So currently available on Apple TV, there is a wonderful show called Severance. I don't want to say too much about it because I do feel like watching this show without any information is the best way to to do it. But what I will say is that Severance follows a group of office workers as they begin to establish their own destinies through small acts of noncompliance. It stars Adam Scott and our queen, Patricia Arquette, who we just fell in love with all over again in our David Lynch ranking episode. If you haven't listened, go back and check it out. And uh, I don't think I can recommend this show enough. It's so good. I keep going back to it and I keep wanting a second season, which isn't out yet because they're filming it right now. So go catch up on Severance. It's nine episodes. It, it goes by quick. I promise. I mean, that's my I, recommend for this week. I'm so biased. It's not even fair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Severance is is amazing. And I, I, I happen to frequent the same collegiate institution as the creator, Dan Erickson. Um, it's so good. It's so good. And even... If, if any part of it pushes you away because you think it's, oh, it's too sci-fi or it's too, like, it's too heady of a concept, I promise you it's not. It it invites you in and it's, like, it's just weird enough that it'll keep you there without, like, pushing you away. It's, yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly support this recommendation. Stick it out for that defiant jazz. Just stick it out for that. 
Yeah, so I haven't good. seen it. It's been recommended to me so many times. It's it's just a bot. It's so good. I can't wait to talk to you about it because I feel like I just am so interested in your your take on it. I really want to just talk to everybody about sufferance anyways. Uh, but when you do, please, please let us know because I, I want to know what you think. One day. <laughs> I hear nothing but great things. All right. Adam, what is your recommend? So uh, I'm going to be a little honest with our listeners, as I was just honest with you. Uh, <laughs> a couple of things have happened just minutes before recording, and uh, I don't have my notes anymore for Cool Hand Luke. Uh, I certainly have seen the film and have thoughts and feelings and opinions about the film. Uh, but needless to say, and then I'm a little agitated right now, uh, like in another world, I could personally dismantle a vehicle with my bare hands. Much like Vince Vaughn does in my recommend, which is S. Craig Zaylor's 2017 Brawl in Cell Block 99. Um, it's probably not good for my, my mental health how many times I've actually seen this movie. <laughs> um, uh, but if you haven't seen it, uh, Vince Vaughn plays a, a very interesting character named Bradley who has recently been laid off from his job. It's hard to know exactly what his past is, uh, but he's got a big cross tattoo on the back of his big bald head. So needless to say, it was something probably with crime and drugs and whatnot. Anyways, um, the short version is he gets arrested for killing some druggies that he kind of turned on. And while in jail, uh, somebody kidnaps his wife uh, it's the person whose drugs he lost, and they say that he has to kill somebody in a prison that he's not even currently in in order for his wife to be released. This movie is savage. It is complete opposite tone of Cool Hand Luke, but it is a prison movie, and it it might be like two or three of my Vince Vaughn performances. I actually love him in this movie. It is, okay, it's fucking brutal. It is this movie is brutal so if you do not like especially like hand-to-hand like very physical hand-to-hand combat don't watch it don't watch it and this is an overall recommendation for a lot of s craig zaylor's movies including bone tomahawk and dragged across concrete but but brawl and cell block 99 is my my prison recommend this week to keep us in the world of cool hand luke i so am behind this Um, so this was Big also surprise. my recommend, but I have a oh, backup. Oh, no! I almost <laughs> recommended it, too, though. That's oh, the thing. That's so great. <laughs> you you said it. I was like, you son of a bitch. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I think it's one of the most underrated prison movies out. For sure. No, don't. No. it's a Now it's a joint recommend. This is all. It's always great when this happens. No, don't switch it. That's good. You sit, Now you say some things. <laughs> No, I, I, you said it so well. Um, I think it's such a different Vince Vaughn than you expect because it, it, the brutality is just, I don't know, it feels so welcoming from him in such a different... It's, it's very uncomfortable in the best ways possible. Um, and it just, I don't know, it, it does a really good... I watched this for the first time after the first time I saw Bone Tomahawk, which, like, I'm not... I'm pretty new to both. Um, so... <laughs> really just get in there in this very like visceral way very quickly and you know when it's over you don't get to just walk away from it and i think that's a big compliment to any movie well and it's it's you know and and i'll leave out the very like the very specific uh ways that they are threatening the wife which i will leave out but also like content warning just be aware of what's going on there 
Um, but as like far fetched and over the top as it is, you I I entirely buy his motivations and how he goes about. I mean, it's it's savage and it's vicious, but like this is a man on a mission, and by God, he he certainly goes after it. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. It, within the world, it all works. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, the world that we set up that we yeah exactly right exactly. So yeah. So oh man. All right, the double recommend. Beautiful. <laughs> it's a great movie. I can't. I stand behind this recommend so so boldly. Uh, again, content warning for everything. Trigger warnings. Look them up if you have anything that that might bother you because this movie is full of them. <laughs> but it's so good. What does he keep yeah, saying? A little wow. little south of okay. But north of cancer. That's what it, that's his like <laughs> whenever they ask him how he's doing. Oh. Oh, that's oh. a great line. Oh man. Okay. That's amazing. And tonight we're talking about 1967's Cool Hand Luke, directed by Stuart Rosenberg, starring the handsomest man in movies, Paul Newman, George Kennedy, Strother Martin, Dennis Hopper, and Harry Dean Stanton, amongst the many others. I just picked out a few there. Laid-back Southern man is sentenced to two years in a rural prison, but refuses to conform. Um, IMD Top 250, is this on it? I looked it up, so I won't answer. I, I know, yeah, I, I, I know, too. I looked it up. <laughs> All right. So, yes, it is. <laughs> we spoiled ourselves. It's number, as of today, it's number 239. So I'm just going to go through a few around it. Number 237 is Amores Peros, which I've never seen. Number 238 is Rebecca. 239, Cool Hand Luke. 249, The Handmaiden. 240, yeah, sorry. It's The Handmaiden, which is fantastic. 241, 400 Blows. 242, The Sound of Music. 243, It Happened One Night. Oh, that should be higher. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so... The ones behind it need to be a little bit higher, but it's on the list. Agreed. Uh, Joey, by chance, did you happen to see where Joker is on the, the list? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? It's probably up to like 30 at this point. I actually heard it's number one. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm burning this list to the ground. <laughs> I'm starting a campaign. The images of Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn came out and it just went up to number one. I mean, so, also, fine. I may I may have that as a poster already, but nonetheless, it's it's at 76 for what it's worth. It's at 76. That's so high. It's too high. It's higher than the handmaiden. I just can't. I just I can't. Though I will say the handmaiden is also about noncompliance. So cool hand Luke being near the handmaiden makes a little bit of sense since that's a similar theme. I'm a big fan of the Rebecca Coolhand Luke in, in a row. I feel like that would actually be a really fun movie night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm into it. Like, and then the sound of music just right after there, to, as you know, the wonderful the sound of music somehow. every day, every day. I love yeah, the sound so. of music. I will never be over the sound of music. If that's it is if one that, of my favorite musicals. If that's the fourth film though in a day of watching movies, I mean, get yourself like a like a quad shot or something. You're oh my god, yeah, some caffeine. <laughs> You're going to need some caffeine to get through that one. <laughs> yeah. But then it happened one night. We'll just get you right back into it, but way too low for that. 
Agreed. Um, all right. Some awards. So this won one Oscar. George Kennedy won Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role, Paul Newman, Best Writing, and Best Music. It did not win the last three, sadly. This is a pivotal year at the Oscars. Um, and and a, a really stacked year for Best Actor. I mean, just, year. just fucking incredible the the slate of people up for Best Actor that year. Just the, the, all the movies this year. It's it's crazy how much like you look at. It, it's just how many things. I was just looking at all the movies from this year, and it's just it's wild how many came out. It was a pretty pretty incredible year for film. Nineteen sixty seven. Yeah. Hey, but good for Dragline for winning. That's awesome. I mean, he was great. I I stand behind that. He did a great job. Hundred percent. Jumping into things early. I like Dragline. Big surprise. <laughs> yeah, well, I liked everything. So, But uh, before we get there, how do we feel about lists? Adam, how do you oh. feel about lists in your per- per- perplexed evening? I, listen, the fact that I've lost a list, it, it like it pains me. So that should let you know <laughs> my my affinity for lists. They are, they are, I am one with the lists. Oh, we all know I don't like lists. I'm a chaos demon. No list for me. Though I will say in our last episode in Drive, I did make like multiple lists that I never talked about. I will take a screenshot and send them to you. I did make lists myself and it made my skin crawl. Oh, oh. Just kidding. That was dramatic. That didn't make my skin crawl. It was fine. But you know, (laughs) you have to add some drama into it, y'all. Drama. There's nothing wrong with drama. All right. Well, I love lists. And for tonight, I found Screen Rant's 10 Best Prison Break Movies. Hmm. Number 10, Escape from Alcatraz. I, ju- I just watched that a couple days ago for, for this. Oh, almost my recommend, but then I went with one I like more. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I watched this somewhat recently for the first time, um, probably in the fall after I watched The Rock for the thousandth time. I was like, you know, let me watch Escape from Alcatraz. It was... I love The Rock. Yeah. yeah. As everyone should. Number nine, Down by Law. Number eight, Papillion. Number seven, The Grand Illusion. Number six, what we're talking tonight, Cool Hand Luke. Number five, I'm a Fugitive from a Chain Gang. Number four, The Great Escape. Mm -hmm. Number three, Toy Story 3. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I guess. That's to be to be complete, I was between like three different lists, and the Toy Story three ad is how this one won. That's fair. <laughs> Full disclosure. Nice number two, A Man Escape, and number one, is Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. of course. <laughs> so it's time to dive in, and you know, I was thinking about this movie, and even when I read the description. Explaining this movie to someone, just like the plot, does not sound that interesting. It's very straightforward in a very specific way. And I think that makes it even more impressive how great it is. I mean, it really is just a series of... of I mean, and I don't mean this... I, this is going to sound like I'm degrading the thing. I, I don't right. mean that. But like, it's a, it's a series of bits. 
I mean, it's just a series of little scenes and snippets. I mean, you know, if you were to explain that this movie has, uh, you know, towards its end, a very intense scene where uh, they keep making him dig and fill and unfill a hole in the same movie where he makes a bet that he can eat 50 eggs. You'd be like, what the fuck are you? What are you telling me? Like, is this a real thing? Yeah. And, I, you know, I think so much of it is attached to just Paul Newman. But you have, you know, he's not the only one in here. George Kennedy's winning Best Supporting Actor. You know, everyone's doing such a good job. While it's such like a movie star moment for, for Newman, I think it still relies on everybody else being either doing what their jobs are. Well, yeah, this is a very ensemble movie, even though we are mostly with Luke and we're mostly with Dragline. Um, it, the people in the film, it everything feels very real. Um, it, they all there is a sense of like camaraderie between them all. There's an energy when they're all all, all of the men are there in a scene together, and I think that really uh, it it's palpable, and it makes it feel like we're actually watching people it's just there's this realism about it that i really appreciate and um and enjoy when i'm watching this film they're all in the same movie right sometimes we get films where people are doing wildly different performances like uh kate blanchett in the newest guillermo del toro movie i have no idea what movie she was in but it wasn't the same as anyone else whereas in this film everybody was in the same film you mean like the great escape where people are making them write motorcycle scenes them like things like that <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> well i mean paul newman did ask the writers not to feed into the things that he was good at he wanted to really stretch with this role so he he said don't make this easy for me right where you know other people might have just been like how can you make me look cool as possible and take away I from mean... the movie but that's where, and and I, I'm actually the 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 Steve McQueen comparison coming up is is actually really great because obviously we've got somebody who is, they're both movie stars, but 100%. but to me, that's where that's where Steve McQueen ends to me. Steve McQueen is a movie star, whereas Paul Newman, like, and again, like the the what you just said, Brittany, about wanting to don't don't write for me, put like push me. That's that's that. Uh, actor studio training and that's him right. having a real pedigree background yeah he i loved hearing the um how how was paul newman paul newman well he would wake up he'd get on a slant board he would do 200 sit-ups uh he would go in a sauna and he would dunk his face in ice water and that's that's how paul newman was paul newman um but that aside like he he was a like a trained actor he was an you know i i feel like an actor with an or right and that right theater background yeah that and that difference it, it just it it resonates on the screen yeah it really does where it really comes out is the scene with his mom right that that was shot that's that's acting right like that's not movie that's not a movie star scene everything everything with his mom and to the nephew like that's all just great acting work and the fact that they had one day to film it one day to film what eight pages of dialogue between two people what one day to film uh, arguably like the best acted scene in the movie but what four days for the car wash scene okay okay is it is it too (laughs) soon to get into the car wash scene you know i think Uh, that car wash we gotta (laughs) go for it joey go for it because i'm just gonna get pissed off let's be real (laughs) Well, even 
I've been listening to you know her, her talk about it that she, because you know it was filmed, she didn't really know she, and then she watched it. She was like, "Oh my god!" She said she's embarrassed watching it. That's my biggest issue with it. That's my biggest issue. Like, it is fine to do a sexy car wash scene where a woman is basically like just lathering herself up like she's getting ready to go do something promiscuous. There's nothing wrong with that. What there is a problem with is if the person in the scene is unaware that that's going to be the tone of the scene and then shocked and embarrassed by it. There are lots of people that want to be sexy and want to be seen as sexy. So to not allow her to consent to that is really, really annoying and frustrating to me. And I, it, I personally, I took it offensively. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. Because I like as I'm reading about it, like part of me is like, oh, wow, like she got screwed. And part of me is like, that seems like it was pretty clear. And she missed it at times. You know. So I think the right move is that like to, to, to side with her. I, 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 But at times I was like, hmm. I don't know. What did she think she was doing? Washing a car. And I mean, you know, sometimes when you're washing the top of the car, you don't realize how close your boobs are coming to the window, apparently. Especially if your dress is already wet and soapy. (laughs) You know, I've been reading about it. It's like, all right, until you read like her take from it, then it's like, ah, this sucks. You know, because, you know, like the, the when they talk about the, you know, her um, audition, I couldn't think of that. I was going to say trying out, but I don't think that's 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 not the right gimmick. But, you know, everything about it's like, OK, all right. They seem to be, you know, filming it. But like, how naive could she possibly been? So, you know, it's just I don't know. Like what music also four days is must have just been weird at some points. Well, yeah. Why do we need four days of that? That's like half day. Come on. Because probably the the photog- the videographers were doing the same thing that the inmates were doing. Everybody apparently was. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we got the shot. We're gonna we're gonna bring her back the next day. Yeah, we're gonna yeah call her back bring for her tomorrow. Back. Yeah, yeah. We do not have enough Zoom, folks. <laughs> we actually ran out of we ran out of film. We got to do it again because they didn't get quite the end. Uh, and I, I need another shot of her just like squeezing the soap down the front of her dress please so so i was okay so i'm i'm watching this scene and i'm going okay and part of me even like i read the character as like a woman who like was intentionally trying to fuck with these these inmates just That's like how I, yeah yeah so so i i i dug it like i'm i'm all there i'm all with it but the, when it turns into like a real like comedic bit where she's literally rigging out the soap against her. Like I even like the boobs against the window was one thing. Like, listen, it's that's a nat. She's washing the car, whatever. I get it, but the you could it could, but this like oh my god, all the yeah. soap got down me. <laughs> I was I was I was I was laughing pretty pretty hard, and 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 that might have been the first real moment where I go, what movie am I watching? There are some strange beats in the movie, I will say, having rewatched it. I'm I I we talked about a little bit ago the whole that there it's like kind of like vignettes or snippets of life. Mm-hmm. And there are some times where I'm like, I don't understand what film I'm watching because some of them seem to to go into the next scene and make sense. And other ones like the car wash, I don't think fit very well. And and yes, I know that later on, you know, he's dragline is talking about Lucille where they're all trying to sleep. So he's trying to like establish some more power over the the men there. But I just there are moments that I don't think quite connect in this film, at least for me. 
not to say it's a bad film. I just think that it needed a bit more cohesion. I I do appreciate that at least they like tried to keep the because I did the car wash scene is so out of left field in the movie that it easily could have been something that just left. Like at least they tried to have dragline carry it through. Like there was a thought to it. I mean, the the car wash scene is in the book. I did read I didn't finish the book cuz I didn't like it. So I just thought my life is too short to read a book I don't <laughs> like, so I'm just done. Um, but like there are certain moments and that's kind of how the book is. Even the book is more the first part of the book. Luke isn't even in it. He's in like introduced barely. And then we don't hear about Luke until halfway through. But it's mostly about life on a chain gang. And it's mostly snippets into what happened when you're in prison. So, I mean, it makes sense the way that they put the movie together. I just for me, it didn't quite work as well as it had maybe when I first saw the movie back in like what, 2008, I think. Because I think we watched a bunch of Paul Newman movies after he died. Well, and this was this was a first view for me, and um, I was really hoping to. So I watched I watched two other uh, Paul Newman movies uh, in the last week or so, hoping that one of them would be my recommend. And I I, I you know it they, they were movies that I I didn't wholly like. One was Slapshot, and one was uh, The Hudsucker Proxy, and. Um, for different reasons, like there are parts of each of those movies I enjoy, but at the end of the day, it was like, nah. And 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 part of why, I mean, they're they're totally different movies made by totally different filmmakers. But I don't feel like Newman was utilized to the best of his ability. Although I'm glad he kind of stretched himself to do these different things. But you know, it's this is whether they knew it or not at the time. This is such a, a like a clear star turning performance like it's just and 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 that's where because we're talking about the the vignette nature of the story i think if it was if it was anybody else i know there was like jack lemon was rumored but then he just kind of went back as a producer jack lemon does not this film it it, it just and jack lemon's great i'm not i'm not poo-pooing but, i can't wait till whenever we get to the apartment because or wait did we do the apartment no we did sunset boulevard i love the apartment um but uh did we do the apartment fuck i think we did the this is awful. And now I don't have my tracker sheet, so I don't have it right in front of me. So I can't tell you if we've done it. Sorry. I can um, look it up real quick if nah, you want. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Anyways. Like, even Jack Lemon being like, this isn't right for me. Yeah, Let it, me just produce this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also a, a, a savvy theater trained actor kind of knowing this is not the right part for me. You know, but for something like this, which is kind of scene to scene, it needs someone to follow through who's big enough to make it feel, make it feel bigger than it is. Right. Because it's, um, you know, you also have to. <laughs> what is the action? I, I was going to look this up, but then I didn't because what is the penalty for just slicing off the heads of a f- six machines like this? Two years on a chain gang? That seems extreme to me. Fucking Florida. <laughs> we could probably edit that out. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> I, I will support leaving it in. in. I'm happy to leave it in. That's not going to get cut. I am too. <laughs> um, no, and and I think I, you know, and I think you know, and if you really want to extrapolate, you know, you could you can say just like the, you know, oh, what it was, it's government property or whatever, and so they just max sentenced him. And but it's, I think because that's what the the crime is, and then we hear so early on that he's got you know purple hearts and all these medals and decorations. Right. It's and it's not that the the two things don't match, but it, uh, the, the sentencing is it's like immediately you're like this guy's here for two years, 
and they phrase his, you know, oh, he's a war hero, but you you came out of private. So he's, you know, guy always does his own thing. But at the same time, like during sentencing, maybe look at the fact that this guy, you know, Purple Hearts awards. All right, fine. He didn't get ranked because he didn't, you know, he didn't play. Like, he does just is unable to play the game. And um, but he does what he needs to do at the same time. Like maybe we could take some of that in consideration and not send him to this awful prison. Like maybe well, send him to like a nice one with air conditioning. Well, there's also the whole thing in, um, especially in the United States prison system, where we use people who are in prison as slave labor. So they could just be looking at, hey, we need an extra guy on this chain, on the chain gang. We have some some uh, roads we need built. So hell, we'll just send this guy. He was destroying pub like public property, anyways. We might as well. No one's gonna miss him. You know, it's just that's that's part of the system that we unfortunately have in this country. So they could just be like, oh, labor. Let's let's pay him twelve cents. It wouldn't have been twelve cents back then. It's twelve cents now. Uh, just in case you wanted to know what I researched for this movie, it was the prison system. Twelve cents is a good job in prison right now, and a non-federal job. Yeah, yeah, no, twelve cents. Um, and if they uh, sometimes they make up as uh, as much as two dollars, but that's when they're fighting fires in California. How nice is that? You know, I think it's also interesting with this movie because it's set. You know, he's World War Two veteran hero. You know, whatever. You know, whatever the movie is or is not saying about it movies actually released during vietnam so this the the anti-authority of him is just feels very centered around war as well and you know how he you know because he's not this passionate anti-establishment guy he's just gonna do what he wants he's not he doesn't care he's not following the rules and you know it helps that he Dragline talks about his smile, right? Like it helps when he gets arrested. Then they let him keep his bottle opener necklace, which is fascinating to me, and for many reasons. But you know, it's just interesting the way it's all it's all framed and how he is as a character. Well, and what I what I love about it too is he's, it's not just that he's he's kind of playing by his own rules, uh, but he's so and I, I i feel like this phrase is so cliche so just you know bear with me but he's just so disillusioned he doesn't even really know what the next thing is like and like i i i love the idea like because i you know i think and i i think we'd all agree to this but like if he if he really wanted to escape and not be caught i think that he could have i think that he could have gotten away but there's something about you know if i do then i've just got to go to the next thing i've got to go to the job or i've got i've got i've got to make a decision and I almost feel like the the deciding to break out, like, almost goes against this idea of making a decision. Like, I don't, like, it's like, oh, it's something to do, and then I've done it. Well, now that's old, so I guess I'll just go back. And I, it's just, it's such a a fascinating character, you know, with, you know, way more questions than answers, which, of course, helps pull you into the, the story. And, and I think you're very right, and it's so interesting, because even he talks about, like, why can't I not get out of my own way? Right. Like he points it out to you when he's talking to himself, you know, whoever he's whatever. But because, yeah, this guy served in the military. If he really wanted to, like he got out for days, like he could have kept going. Right. Like he's like what keeps him. It's just this self-sabotage and where it comes from. And I think that's why, you know, to get into it, my favorite scene in the movie is the scene with him and his mom. Just because I think that tells us so much. And, you know, that she, you know. 
all right, you know, I wish kids were like dogs. She gives the house to the brother. Like she's just, you know, how, you know, the brother has the kids. The brother is the one driving her there. It's amazingly legal in Florida to set people up in the back of a tow tr- pickup truck and drive them around. It looks it looks nice. I'm into it. Yeah, I until you hit a bump with no suspension. Um, no wonder she passed away a month later <laughs> from brain damage. Like, oh, yeah, oh I'm sure that God. went well. <laughs> oh, my God. She was amazing. But, you know, maybe the brother He's really incredible. wanted the house a little sooner. But... <laughs> You know, I, I think that's a story that, I can get seems... behind. Let's let's go back and find that story with his brother. <laughs> yeah, because I watched that. I've seen this movie, you know, a handful of times, and this time I really honed in on that scene with um, the mom. And re- I, I went back and watched it two or three times because there's just so much into it, and they both give so much. It's easy to miss things. I was just gonna say their performances are so subtle, but so. Um so evocative um you you get drawn in and it just feels it feels like you're actually it, it's almost like oh this is a little too too intimate I don't know if I should be listening to this conversation because it does feel like a conversation between a mom and his son and her son and the last time she's ever going to speak to him right so that's all I have to say no ditto I I the there's so much there's so much acting happening behind the eyes and I I keep telling my acting students like the best actors are the best listeners and they're the be- they're, they're constantly it they're not just they're not just waiting for the cue line they're hearing what is being said and and like actively assessing and d- like doing detective work with everything they hear and the more active you are in a scene the more and and the more that the camera can pick that up and that's where that kind of really that really thoughtful actor that's where it works so well on film because you can see them process and it's not a fast it's not about like it's not like a pitter patter repartee scene it's just these two people talking and so they each have a moment to kind of hear what's been said and then there's so much subtext that that's what they're processing is the subtext and like that and that's why the scene yeah that scene is so resonant is because they're they're not really saying what they want to be saying but they're getting but they're but they're they're having a conversation under the conversation and it works really well Oh, it's like a masterclass in how to have a conversation in on like in any in theater, in film, in anything. It's it is one of it's such a great scene. It's brilliant. And it's one of those things where you watch and go, damn, I want to be able to do that. Right. I want to be able to evoke this in other people when I'm on stage. And when you see it, it's like, oh, not everybody could do that thing. Oh, no. A lot of people think they can. I, I will tell you that. But. maybe don't it's such a subtle scene right like if you're just kind of watching this movie and playing on your phone just a lot goes by and then him singing the song later probably doesn't mean as much okay i will say that my favorite scene is when he sings uh plastic jesus that that is just it it gets me every time um and i do i will say that i am a (laughs) My grandpa was a performer. My grandpa played guitars. He invented a guitar. Like, I, I, anytime there's something with a guitar, I kind of just will lose it. I can't help myself. They mean way too much to me. But, again, with Paul Newman's acting in this film, there's so much going on when he is playing that song. It hits you straight to the core. And I got to say, like, I, playing an instrument is hard. Singing is hard. Crying is hard. Playing an instrument and singing and crying at the same time, 
It is a very difficult thing to do. And when he has that one freaking tear come down, I'm like, God damn it, Paul Newman. Why are you so good? Why? How can you do this? And I love the fact that like he did it. They said cut. He goes, no, no, I can do it better. And the director said, nobody can do it better. And I think the director was right. That was a perfect shot. It was full of emotion. And it just, God, it gets to me. Even thinking about it now, I'm getting a little bit like, oh, I don't want to cry. No, you feel it. And then, you know, in the, the second verse, his voice gets a little bit louder and, you know, the tear comes down and it's just, it, it, it hits you so many different ways. Well, and yeah. not so and, many different ways. And not just the, the acting performance of the scene, which of course, and Britt, everything you just said is absolutely true. But like, it starts as a wide and you can see the people looking at him and it slowly goes in. I, I do think that, I, I will be honest, I think Stuart Rosenberg's direction is a bit haphazard. I think it's a bit all over the place. Um, yeah. But when it when it sings, it sings really well, and I think that shot, it, and it's great too because, and again, like maybe this is obvious, maybe it isn't, but I like to point it out. Like, you know, he's a part of the group for so long, and then what this does is he start. Obviously, we start. It, it's like a group shot, but then we narrow in, narrow in, and at that moment, he he basically isolates himself from that point on, and and the camera does that too. It's foreshadowing essentially what is now going to be like his solo journey, despite the fact that Dragline does, you know, hop a ride at the end. It, it's, it's Paul Newman's on Luke. Luke is on his own right. now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's the changer. I want it. Sorry. Uh, but <laughs> going back to plastic Jesus, this reminds, and this is something that would have been in my notes and I would have brought up, but I don't have them. Um, so I, I'm obviously coming to this. I'm coming to this movie late. I'm just, I'm just watching it for the first time. And so, um, Taking it off there, boss. Taking it off there. You know, like, uh, Family Guy mocks that. And that is that is definitely right. the first time that I had heard that, like, and had that in mind. Um, and, and Plastic Jesus, so I, <laughs> you mentioned the guitar, it's so great. I actually have sang this song before as a part of a medley and didn't know what it was from. I, when, I, when, I was, oh, wow. when I was a senior in high school, I went and saw Jack Johnson at the Gorge. And Jack Johnson did... Um, uh, uh, Plastic Jesus Fall Line uh, Spring Wind Medley, and that and he played all three kind of back to back, and I learned to play that because I was like I really liked all those songs together, and I but having no no fucking idea that Plastic Jesus made so famous for, by Paul Newman in this movie. That's amazing. Was there one single tear? Uh, n- no, because because I was probably too busy going like, are these the right chords? Am I doing also, it right? <laughs> singing while while crying is like impossible. It constricts everything. Um, as the the singer in my family who's done many a funerals, uh, I've done some pretty bad versions of Amazing Grace because I've been crying. <laughs> and you know, Paul Newman learned how to play for this. Like Harry Dean Stanton helped him. So I've, you know, it's honesty time. I'm 39. I have spent many years of my life trying to learn different instruments and it's just impossible. My brain and my hands don't do it. So I'm very impressed at people who do it even like could just like learn a song. So when somebody can do that, I'm just blown away because I, it's impossible. I've tried hard. I just it's it, it will not work for me. So the fact that people could do it at all when somebody's able to like learn that skill and then absolutely like break my heart is it's just very impressive. And, and when you know. Uh, you know, it, it just brings me in in a different way because I can't do it. 
I can play chords. Um, I should have studied harder with my grandpa, but we had a family band together. I don't know if I've told you that before, but we used to like do like Did you have a you bus. Um, we didn't have a bus, no. But my grandpa always had a big truck that had bunker guitars on the side of it, so everybody knew where we were coming. Um, but we would do like state fairs and stuff like that. So I would do chords because my grandpa's guitar was a, and we can cut this. It's not, but it, it was a. Uh, it's called a touch guitar, or a dual guitar, and it had a bass and a, a regular guitar together. And um, instead of plucking it or strumming it, you tapped it, and it had an automatic mute. It was incredible. It was like called the grand piano of guitars. So he would do all these really intricate things on the guitar which was beautiful and I would just strum along and be like I got my G I got my A I got my C I got a B I think I'm fine now um and you know I didn't actually have to learn because I I had an incredibly successful fantastic guitar player next to me uh who played up until he died so if you know G, D, C, A, and B, you're 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 good. You're good. Shit. You're fine, right? Yeah. yeah, you're fine. It'll be okay. Sometimes you can just even fake it and pretend you're doing it because I'm like, they're all watching him anyways. It doesn't matter if I actually am strumming. They'll just be happy I'm holding a guitar. That's what I did in the saxophone concert in like fifth grade. I just stood there doing different things with my hands. That was very wrong, <laughs> and I just <laughs> I just. <laughs> didn't didn't do anything else. I had no air. Oh. I was like, I was like, I don't know any of this. Did you play an instrument, Adam, in school? No, I I never did it through school. No, and I mean, and literally, I it, I it was a it was a graduation gift. I saw Jack Johnson. I was like, I'm gonna teach myself how to play the guitar, and and then I did. But and and mediocre at at best. But like, I can I can get by. I like I've I've nice. played I've played in shows like in in, in plays. Um, but just enough to look like I know what I'm doing, which is, which is really, right. which is as an actor, that's all I'm going for. That's all I that's need. All you need. Yeah. I mean, is that's it really need. not what, you know, I, I learned a long time ago, as long as you pretend to be there, that's all that counts. <laughs> yeah. I, I, at one point in my life, I, I worked at Delhi, I worked at Delhi's for, through college and after the grad school. And this one guy I worked with had a pretzel route and a, sorry, a pretzel big. route. Pretzel <laughs> route. Pretzel. So like, you know, he it was a Bachman route. So he owned the route. So he would go and drop all the pretzels off to the supermarkets oh. and then he would go back and put them on the shelves. Okay, got it. I got thought it. it was like a newspaper where he was delivering <laughs> them to like people's houses. <laughs> that is exactly what door to door pretzels. <laughs> Gotta be honest, I would get on that train so quickly. I'd be like, do we have some really good stone ground mustard to go with it? Because, like, deliver that to my house every oh, week, please. Wow. That's the best that's... part about Long Island. But anyway, so he would pay me to go to different one to, like, a route, like, take part of it to put it on the shelves. I didn't have credentials, but uh, he told me where he would put everything in every store. I walked in the back of the store, grabbed the stuff, put it on the shelves. Managers never asked me anything. And I learned then, if you just pretend and belong like you act like you belong people don't question you and you get away with anything yep i would have been so anxious i'm such an anxious human i would have been like hi hi i'm here i'm gonna put these on the shelf is that fine this is my first time i'm so sorry is this right here i'll buy something too like that would have been me i would have given myself away immediately i have no chill none <laughs> oh man you know who has a lot of chill though that cool hand luke so much chill Sure does. What a bluff, though. New to a new to the prison, and just huge card bluff. Just, just big smile on his face the whole time. Like way and to ingratiate. Tossing ones, tossing ones in. Poor coconut. 
Yeah, the, I can't bluff the either. names of the characters. Those are those are great. Great part. My and like they established that so well that like you don't you don't get a name until Dragline gives it to you. So that it's just like, yep, that's why you have a Babalagoots, Babalagots. What a man, Dennis Hopper. What a just what a what a strange fish he is. What just a what a and like because not right or, maybe it's, it's a few years before this, but like. He's in like he's in giant. He's in like a like a very classic yeah. James Dean, like playing like a a real like American man. And it's it's just so it's so funny. Like he so quickly went off and just was like, nah, I'm gonna do like I'm gonna do fucking acid and make easy writer and just like go I'm gonna go <laughs> off the fucking deep end. And like like Bob like if you track like Baba Lugitz to um to his role in Apocalypse Now, it's like that's Dennis Hopper right there. Like though, like that ten years, like that, like that was him. Yeah, he chose interesting stuff, though. I like that. <laughs> he like, sure did. I watched, I watched Speed for the first time, and like I was like eight, and then I watched Easy Rider the same weekend, and I was like, oh, this guy's amazing, and I fell in love with Dennis Hopper because those two things are. They're so different, but there's there's just a through line of that 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 insane edge that only Dennis Hopper could bring because you can't fake yeah. that energy. Oh, Dennis Hopper! And then we get him in Blue Velvet, and my God, fantastic villain, scary villain. Okay, well, since we're since we're speaking of villains, so how do we how do we? I mean. I know how we're supposed to feel about the the guards and uh, and the captain, but like you know, how do we? What do we think about them? I mean, they are perpetuating a system that is incredibly damaging and dangerous, and not asking if what they're doing is correct, and just assuming that the their orders are correct. So I think they're assholes. <laughs> you know, even the guy who's putting him in a, in the box and says like, "Hey, I'm just doing my job." He even turns around and says, doing your job doesn't mean it's right. And he, that is so freaking true. And then he becomes an asshole to moment, him from them on. He turns. Yeah. yeah like that yeah, guy can't be- handle the, getting that thrown in his face. Because it's yeah. true. He's perpetuating a system that's that's actively harming people. Yeah, that was that was a great line. And it, and it's, it's funny because I think it's. It's it's that line, and it's it's you know it's this it's the it's the the few lines that are given about Luke's past, about you know his service and his medals and everything, that just I, that this movie will always feel topical. Like I'm sure people coming back from Nam who saw it thought like it resonated with them, and then people coming back from like Desert Storm probably probably had a very similar feeling. And like there's just a sense of coming back and not knowing exactly what to do next, and and feeling like the system isn't really there to help you. And then, so, and there's all of that. And then the, this, the, 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 I mean, there's been so obviously so much about like prison system and, and, and jails and, and, and just how corrupt it is. And that line of, of, you know, just because, you know, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make it right. And it's, it's, it, that was a really, I mean, it's a short moment, but it's a really good, it's a really good moment. And the way it's shot, just the way it's like looking over his shoulder at the guy and who just you could see him instead of getting crushed and changing for the better, just fully buys into the boss now. Like he's now part of that. Like he separates him even more. So it makes it so powerful in the wrong way for him. Yeah, it's that's actually 
a really scary moment, <laughs> you know, watching that change happen. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, he he doesn't want to see he he is so um full of of himself and thinking that he is okay to do these things because it's his job that having any type of criticism from somebody who he deems lesser than him is just like such an ego hit that he's like fine i'm done i'm done trying to be nice i'm just going to give in to this system now that scene always brings me to one floor of the cuckoo's nest the scene where the um like the orderly tells tells him like no 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 this isn't jail you don't leave at a time we tell you when you leave just the power dynamics of it like i always like have those two things in my head it's just like oh no no, no yeah we're all fucked yeah one i th- and i know you and you i think you two have given your 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 favorite scene and i think the scene i i volu- but like it's the scene where they make him keep digging the hole um Ugh. and i i think Oof. because because you know at this point like if you've really if the if you've allowed the movie to really pull you in it's almost like luke luke can't be beaten and there are some very we haven't touched upon it yet i'm surprised we made it this far without talking about the the jesus of all of this um yeah but uh but you know but they they have set him up in such a way where it's like man he's you know he's 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 really kind of rallied the 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 prisoners and with his kind of quippy remarks, he's kind of bested the the guards in you know one way or another. But like when when they make him keep you know digging and undigging the hole, um, and then and he has that where he where he he breaks finally. It's just it's 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 crushing. And then in my and actually my favorite shot is actually right after that where uh, it's and it's again one moment where uh, uh, Rosenberg's direction really kicks in is when. It's it's a tracking shot of Newman walking back, but it's it's in uh, it's in the um, I want to call it a cell. I'm not quite sure what that room is, um, but it's tracking behind all of the prisoners looking at him. It's and, the dorm, yeah, pretty much. And um, and so and it's it's not just a great tracking shot, but you know you get the clear scope of everybody has just witnessed this, and and like you know, and he's. He's not the person that everybody thought he was. Dragline's holding on to that that hope, but you know he's he's not. He's not the same anymore. Yeah, but you know that's the thing. These guys, they all had their rules. There was just you know, this is what it was, and now he brings them hope. He allows them to change, even with like the picture in the magazine. And now when he breaks, it they're it's just it's just so crushing for all of them. But God, they turn on him quick. Well, you know what's interesting though is uh it's. The um another great the great small moment is when they uh they help him with the rice and I do I do really really great love that scene. moment yeah great scene is yeah I love that scene so much because you know that guy one of the inmates supposed to be on the side but he's the one with the dog so he's pissed and they all just come in and take it and you know it's it's small acts of rebellion it's a beautiful thing that dog looked way too realistic. I'm just going to say that oh. right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not. Oof. I was not comfortable when it was carried out. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. What did they do? I w- I w- oh. I, like, I'm going to be real right now. I um, kind of thought we had another week before this movie. So um, <laughs> I started my research uh, this weekend instead of last weekend. So uh, luckily, I got some stuff down. But um, but I, I didn't specifically didn't look that up because I was like, I don't have time right now. And I don't know if I can handle 
looking this up to be like, did they kill a dog for Cool Hand Luke? Did they actively like just let this bloodhound die? Um, no way I mean, Paul Newman lets that happen. I was just going to say. Paul Newman wouldn't have let that happen, but it looked really real. Like yeah. that was. Yeah, oh. but I have full faith in Paul Newman for some reason that he would never let that Me happen. Too. He's too good. He's too, he's too good. Too good and too pure. Such a good man. He had great publicity. He could have been an asshole. We don't know. Everybody just knows him as a great guy. Great guy. Did you guys watch the documentary on him, uh, HBO Max, that came out this year? No, I did. It's it's about him and and um uh his wife. Yeah, oh, whose name is escaping me right now. Oh, I just had it up, and now I can't find it. Uh, well, it's a really good documentary, and it validated everything I feel about him that he's the man. You know, actually, it's funny. Um, I didn't know until watching one of the making of the uh, documentaries for this movie. I. The dog guy, I actually didn't think he, I didn't know he was a prisoner um, at first because of yeah. just the way that he, like, he, the way he kind of just openly was chatting with the captain at times. I was like, oh, who the f-? and then when the guy was talking about it, and then, and then of course, when they point things out, you go, oh, smart choice. And like, whenever there was those group shots, he was way on the periphery, which is like, that fucking makes, that makes sense. He's, of course, he's not a part of the group. He fucking, he's more of a fucking guard than he is a prisoner. Yeah. yeah. He's the one who's going to tell, he's going to, he's ready to tell it everything you do. Oh Everybody. yeah, no, he's he just, was anything to get good favor with the, anything. That's the worst type of prisoner. Yeah. Infiltrated right into that that system. Yeah, I mean, but I think you know, um, can we t- can we talk about egg scene? Oh God, <laughs> sure, sure. The pure. You know, for someone who is so disillusioned, I love just the absurd confidence of like, yeah, I could take down this bet fifty eggs in an hour. And now I know he, I know Paul Newman only had to eat eight eggs. Eating That's eight eggs lot of makes eggs. me uncomfortable. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I am a I am a boiled egg in the morning type of lady. I give me that seven minute egg on on some toast with some avocado. I am thrilled. I eat one egg though. One egg. I, I eight eggs is too many, and that whole scene makes me want to like vomit while I'm watching it because it's just too much. Oh my gosh! I love the group work. I oh, love everybody so... so into it. It makes me, like I <laughs> so I, I want to be there on one of the sides. I don't want to smell what that room smells like because I also I love eggs. I love all types of eggs, but that room smelled atrocious. Oh yeah. When they got the yeah they they talked about the how they'd want to when they called cut they were fucking they were out <laughs> they were out. I also love how nobody can seem to like it's so <laughs> like anachronistic now. Maybe <laughs> like he ate eight, he just kept eating them. I was like nobody. I love how nobody actually knows how many eggs Paul Newman ate in Cool Hand Luke, and that'll and that'll be a mystery for all time, forever. It's great. It's a, I love it. I love it so much because it's such a, you know, and then they go into the, the, that's the most, you know, when they lay him out on the table right into the Christ pose. I got to be honest. The Christ imagery in this is so heavy handed and just hammy. And I really, really don't like it. And I get it. I, I love a religious movie. We all know that religious horror is my favorite, but my God, it was way too much in this. I didn't think it was necessary. Um, 
then and it's like through i get it it it's throughout the whole thing it's written in but it's just so obvious that it it pulled me out of it a bit gonna be honest I, I don't, and it's funny, because I, I didn't mind when he was like, you know, when it was raining, he was like kind of screaming, like, you know, show me you're here. And even at the end, where he's in the church, like, some of that didn't bug me. but I like, loved all that. Yeah, but the, the very the very blatant, like, hit the, the feet were even crossed the right way, yes. you know what I mean? Like, that, I was like, this, was, is, that's <laughs> you, <laughs> this, this is a lot. Really, that, the, the rest of it, I think, actually really works, and I think makes sense with all, the way that all the other inmates react to him how the guards react to him. Like, I think that all makes sense. But man, the legs over crossed around the eggshells is just, I don't know that we need, we could have done that differently. Like, let's, let's find another picture. Like at that point, do like the last supper with like drag line handing him like an egg. Like, let's just go full on <laughs> too much because, <laughs> but I do think the rest of it actually works. I, 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 I like it. And I think, you know, because, I lost my train of thought. But otherwise, I do That's think okay. that that theme works. Yeah. I would have liked it to be a little less personally, because I think that the that Luke himself stood on his own. He didn't need that religious imagery constantly. Um, and I would like to say that apparently Dragline was supposed to be a um, he was supposed to be like a safe cracker. So he was technically a thief. Judas was also a thief. And Judas also turned Jesus over. And who came at the end uh, into the church to say they're not even going to whip you? Uh, it's Dragline. So again, that was very heavy handed to me. I was like, come on. That's, come that's, on. That's we don't amazing. need Judas. I didn't know that. And that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. That's the thing, though. Like, I don't know if you know, if you don't like know all that, like, I think it all works. Like, that's why I don't think. Like, yes, he's Judas, but I think it works oh, when Dragline and, comes in. And, when Dragline's turn with the strangulation, like, there it is. It breaks that. And uh, like, and here's so, and here's what here's what ties it all together. So you know how infam- like infamously, but in the Bible, there are plenty. There's the years where Jesus's life is unaccounted for. He got arrested for cutting the heads off a parking meter. So that's really that ties the whole <laughs> that, that is the that whole is yeah thing in. Jesus really hated parking meters, didn't you know? I mean, Nazareth was never the same after Jesus. those parking meters were just axed. Yeah, neither was Lodi. They never they never put him back up in Lodi. <laughs> Jesus would have a lot of problems with people pay, making people pay for parking. Yeah, for, he would for goods he, and necessities. He would not support that. No, especially if they were in front of a church. Like, he would have been real upset about that. Real upset. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Listen, I think we should change just all Jesus imagery to Paul Newman. I'm just, let's Fine. just do it. Let's oh, go wow. Full all in. Oh, my God. I, that's a, that's I can, a, that, can that be, a, like, that's a referendum I would vote for. Like, let's put that on a ballot of some kind and let's, let's get that sure. going. Yeah, yep. I would go back to the church for that. <laughs> I went to Catholic school my whole life. I... Do not engage with religion at all anymore. I'd Me put a neither. picture of Paul Newman up. I'd put a picture of Paul Newman up in my house. Hell yeah. I'd get like a cameo that's Paul Newman as Jesus. Are you kidding me? I'd wear that around and be like, Tom of the Cat, who's that? This is my new god now. Paul Newman as Jesus. <laughs> I'm I have the IMDB up right now, and so it's kind of it's it's kind of looping the trailer every once in a while. And I, I forgot. And again, when the movie wants to be lighthearted, it really works. And I, I forgot how funny it was when he keeps jumping over other sides of the fence to throw off the dogs and then the yeah. dogs don't fucking know what to do and then uh, i i like when he's when he's running away 
funny. It's pretty funny scenes. And when he gets the kid to throw out the pe- the pepper and whatnot, like he's like, and like even the way he frames it, it's just like you want to see something really funny. I'm gonna have to come back so you can tell me how funny it is. Like, <laughs> I love that. Like him him running on the train, like just everything. I'm like, oh man, Paul Newman escaping didn't ruin it by trying to be awesome. He just made it a really entertaining scene. He also does some great subtle comedy during the egg eating scene, like the faces that he's pulling. And when he walks out and his stomach is just like out and the guy's like touching it. It's it's very funny. He does a great job. It just shows that he's a really versatile actor who's able to, you know, I wouldn't say that Paul Newman molds himself to roles because, you know, it's Paul Newman. He sounds like Paul Newman, but that's okay. He 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 does great performances no matter what. And that's that just shows his versatility right there. I know I, I only came to I think it was last either last year or the year before I just came to the verdict, um, which is the where he's like the the alcoholic lawyer trying to help this woman who's basically uh, it's it's a really good movie. And it is and he, he's so good at, at I mean he's just so good in general, but it, it's it's so not like Cool Hand Luke that like as a companion piece for Paul Newman, I, it would it's. Yeah, oh, it's, I don't know if the verdict's in the book. I don't think it is. It's good. It's a really good movie. It's not. I was, I was looking. I, I haven't seen it. Because of all the, like, the Paul Newman stuff, he's like, um, that's one that's definitely a gap for me, so I need to watch it. Me too. I haven't seen it. I want to, though. It's a, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Again, I thought I had an extra week, so I had like a plan of things I was going to watch, and then I was like, oh, no, it's... um. Next week. Look, I lost I lost some time because my husband got sick and had the flu, so I had to take care of him. You know, it's just what you do. I'll blame Neil. <laughs> That's fair. You know what? He's not here to defend himself right now, so it's, it's okay. Sure isn't. He's home probably playing video games. <laughs> um, uh, There was some other... There was. Oh, we have... Well, sorry, Joey. Go. You go. No, you go. You go. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, it's uh, it, this is a movie with a really kind of iconic line in it. Yes, that's where I was going to go, too. So okay. you go for it. Well, I so, you know, the the line is from the, the captain from from Southern Martin. And it's the you know, what we have here is failure to communicate, um, which is so interesting because I think it's like as, you know, film villains go, there's something about his the quality of his voice. I don't know how else to say this makes me hate him more. Um, yeah, which is oh yeah, which is something, and like you know, as an actor that might have maybe, you know, I was I was the term character actor. I, I I'm still trying to wrap my mind about how I feel about that. But there are people who have certain physical quirks or vocal characteristics that do tend to lead them towards certain roles. And whether he liked it or not, he probably got a good amount of work just based on how he sounded. That like the the like a person of power with such a close to whiny voice it it so when he says the line i'm like i I fucking i hate you i don't i don't like you at all right now especially after paul newman's just great you know they put the shackles on he's talking about and paul newman just looks at him like oh why do you treat me so good (laughs) so just after that where paul newman just absolutely took all the wind out of his sails to really sell that line um you know if he had a deep gruff voice that's that's not ending up in the beginning of a guns and roses song that's true. It's funny because Don Pierce, actually, um, the 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 author of Cool Hand Luke, he really didn't like the movie. Um, 
which he had a he had a part in the movie. Like, I don't I, I don't really understand it. It's later on. You know, of course, I feel like he just decided later on maybe he didn't like it. But he really didn't like Paul Newman's performance because he thought he wasn't big enough for Luke to begin with. And he didn't like that line at all. He hated it because he said none of the wardens or the guards were smart enough to say something like that. Well, the writers had to add a background that they all had to have like classes in criminology and psychology to be able to get the jobs, to be able to justify them being able to, you know, because the whole thing is, what is it? What we've got here is a failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. So you get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. I don't like it any more than you men. It's a good line. It's a great line. It's so good. And though just him standing on the hill, it's it's so good. What and what makes what makes the captain so much more pathetic in that moment is that so the first the hit only happens because he blindsides him, but as Newman's fallen, he tries to hit him a second time, and it's like a yep. big fucking whiff. And I'm like, you look so stupid. And then and then like, as you're watching this, of course, you're going like, ah, yeah, I fucking hate you. You missed him a second time, you piece of shit. Which is a really effective character in that way because like i viscerally was like i i fucking hate this guy uh which is great which uh, as a performance it really made me made me mad it worked (laughs) yeah because you know that's that's just the guy you see the guy who just got picked on his entire life who got a job in power just to try to get it back and then when just paul newman just with one line just crushes all of that false bravado that he's built up watching the whiff right after it is just fucking fantastic what what about Godfrey, Boss Godfrey? Never talks, the mirrored glasses. I actually really like Godfrey. I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of Godfrey. I I think what I and I love all the 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 things that makes him like interesting, like the way in which he can command people with you know with the gun and the cane. Um and I and I love and it, and this is such a small detail, but of course it makes sense like you know the the bolt for his rifle he's right. it's on his belt so like of course like no harm getting the rifle cuz nobody can do anything without it um and just the way the that he's clearly done this like the way that he loaded the the bullet and then put the like it was such it was the same every time which just shows how comfortable like he is as the character like just like this is my this is my domain i don't even like this is just how it goes um yeah yeah I totally agree. And I think that it was so effective to take away all of his lines except for one because uh, he doesn't need to speak. He is such a presence uh, on screen. He's commanding and and whatever he had to say is unnecessary because you know exactly where he is. You don't know that you know exactly where he's standing. Yes, but you don't know anything about him. And that's what makes him so intimidating. And he is unknowable. And I guess that's why my favorite shot, a big surprise, is when we have a close up on Godfrey's mirror glasses. It's just it's great. It's iconic. It's cheesy, but I don't care. I really love it. It shows you everything you need to know about him, that he is an unknowable alien. Yeah, no, and it works. And never seeing his eyes is so smart. And I, you know, I love, you know, because the captain's such the whiny shit heel. And then you have Godfrey, who's just actual power. Like, yep. like Adam, everything you said is so true. And they, every, everything they do with him is so smart. And even, you know, when they took breaks, he kind of stayed in character, which normally I think is a really annoying thing that people do. But here I, 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 I like it because it, he needs to feel different. 
I'm I'm glad you brought up the the kind of staying in character thing because I think there are there are things that certain actors do that just you hear and it like it's like well like didn't like Jared Leto like put a dead mouse and it's like dude like he yeah. sent bullets to people in the mail like like yeah. that's that's just which is should, is a crime yeah that's, yeah it's, yeah it's don't annoying. fucking do that but then, well, but then there is there there are things like. And and this is like and I you know I don't know how much this was the actor or or Stuart Rosenberg but there are things about like like my hope I didn't I didn't read this but my hope is like on like when like actors broke for lunch that like the 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 inmates had lunch over here and the guards over here like there are small things like that that can build the camaraderie of the groups and then kind of you know build an antagonize, uh, antagonism there. And that kind, those kind of choices, I think, are great. So yeah, by keeping the glasses on and not talking to them, like you know, right. it keeps it keeps something there. So when you're filming, it's they, you know, we're all on the same page, right? You you fear me because you have because I don't talk to you. It's like, oh, what the fuck is this guy gonna do? Like that. Yeah, that's all great. That's all great stuff. Right. Right. Like Godfrey goes home and is the same way in his house. The captain goes home and like his kids take all his money from his wallet and make fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> Like he tries to name his dog, and his kids like rename the dog all the time. So like, he has no say in his home. Are you are you saying there's no world where Boss Godfrey like goes goes home and like practices ventriloquism because like that's oh just God, what he does? Yes. Like he's just got a side hustle of like. Let me tell you something. He he walked, Boss. <laughs> Boss Listen, Godfrey I don't have my notes. I'm just fucking winging it here. I mean. If you, for that moment alone, never have a note again, that was amazing. <laughs> like, Boss Godfrey gets home, his wife and his kids all go to bed because <laughs> they just don't want to deal with him because he's, you know, a dick. And he sits in a room, like a paneled room, and just practices with the bolt and reads history. I was going to say, maybe he plays the violin. Maybe he has very nimble fingers. Oh. Sorrowful, sorrowful violin player. I mean, I, I actually, <laughs> I also love that when they did the Stanford prison experiment, they put gave all, made all the guards wear reflect mirrored glasses like that from Godfrey, for the you know the power that comes from Oof. the inability to see somebody's eyes. You know, I don't, Oof. I don't, I don't claim to be uh, a very smart man or a very, a very. Uh, I don't. I don't read a lot that isn't necessarily related. If it's not film or theater, I, I don't usually get that much time. But I did. You know, uh, Philip Zimbardo did write a book that came out. I don't know, maybe like ten years ago or so. That was all about, like, it, fairly like him sort of reflecting upon. It. I think it was called like the Lucifer Effect. Um, and I knew about the Sanford Prison Experiment, but like to really, when you get into the like the brass tacks of how it all really went, it's just like it's bad. Oh, it's oh wow. Oh man, that's that's something, all right. It's a really scary experiment to look into. Well, also, like, let's be real: there are a lot of experiments that people do on on humans that are terrifying nowadays. Still, but that one is is really scary, and it's even scary to look at how prison guards are now, and how there is a lot of um, there is a lot of uh, there are a lot of horrible things happening in prison, um, and uh, a lot of things being perpetrated, like by prison guards as well the whole system's really really messed up and it's really scary to see what people in power will do if they don't have proper training crazy yeah well yeah and, and, well now then they get understaffed and what that means 
Yeah. And just, and like the, you know, if you're hearing from the people, like if you come in and you're new and you see how things go and like, like it's really, even if you come in fairly, you know, with, with moral and ethical values, but you see the, the climate of, of how it goes, you know, it it takes, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not preaching either. It's like, it takes a really strong willed person to be like, I am going to actively not do that. Cause it's just so easy to be like, nah, come on. This is how it goes. Like, Oh, I'll, now I'm a part of the group. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take away your rights and your humanity because that's what we're all doing. Well, Absolutely. Even more difficult is your choice. You know, even if you're not engaging, but if you're not saying anything, you're enabling. So it adds a whole nother level of really gray. Yeah. It's a very complicated issue that we probably don't have enough time to really dive into on this podcast about movies. <laughs> I'm willing to talk about it at length. Um, but... Oh, absolutely. I mean, we can talk about it at length, but I think this podcast will end up being like five hours long and very sad. Yeah, there's not quite a happy ending to the, the end of that podcast, I don't think. <laughs> no, no. Well, is there really a happy ending to Cool Hand Luke, though? No. <laughs> but, I mean, he got to get shot that... in the fucking neck. And then the local cop is just like, sure, go back to the prison. Like, that's just, that's not how things work. That's just not. No. They didn't want him to live, so. I definitely got, I got strong. um, I mean, I know, and I mean, they're both prison escape kind of movies, but when, um, and I forget the name of the character, but when the young guy who witnessed the crime that could help Andy Dufresne, when they fucking take him out and shoot him. God. I, I had I had very strong vibes to that where it's like ah this is all set mm-hmm. up you all fucking suck you know so that's I definitely uh, yeah. hated hated the captain but, more yeah but I loved that final breakout scene because it's just you see Luke that's just not Luke with the oh you got him with the with the giant turtle I'm sure there's a, I don't I, snapping turtle sure snapping it turtle. was a snapping turtle oh man but getting the keys from everything like just. Still fucking Luke in there. And that the the fact that Luke then it still later admits to drag like like no no, they broke me. But then I came I was able to come back. It adds so much more layers to the character that he's able to say that. Like, yeah, because yeah, digging a grave over and over and over fucking got me after they beat the shit out of me numerous times. Well, not only that, but he says that he never has a plan. And that is so important because everybody thinks Everybody was like, oh, he's doing these things for a reason. But but Luke had no reason and no plan to do it. He's just he does whatever he feels he needs to do at the time. And I think one of the really interesting things um, in this movie is the idea of like stoicism as a philosophy versus existentialism as a philosophy. Right. Because like the prison and everybody in the prison are all stoics in that they accept that this is fate and this is what they are to do at this time. And then Luke comes in and he's like, no, actually, I am going to be very self-centered at this moment. And I'm going to think of the things that I need to do to to give myself purpose here, not even give myself purpose, to, but to make me feel something probably. And um, and I think that's that's a great like just to keep interested. Yeah, just to keep it interesting. Let's try to screw it up. Let's not accept the state the status quo. So, good old two thousand year old stoicism. It's it's funny that's two episodes in a, two episodes in a row with you know existentialism based characters, and they're quite different. 
Yeah. I'm going to go home and have an existential crisis now. Well, that's every day. Yeah, I'm right. just going to say. It's, it's just every just day. Say. Oh, man. Are you not? <laughs> <laughs> some days, some days I don't. Some days I'm I'm perfectly fine. Other days I wake up in a cold sweat going, oh, my God, everybody I love is going to die one day. You know, just the normal. It's great. Love it. But I did see a lot of people saying that Luke was a Stoic and Luke is not a Stoic. Like Luke is does not follow Stoicism at all, at least in my opinion of, of what I the, the basic understanding I know of Stoicism. It doesn't seem like he is a Stoic. Luke's many things. And I, you know, I, I, he's a complicated character, but he's not a Stoic. I don't think we've done right. unsung heroes. I I know. Adam, you're unsung hero. You start. Um, so I'm actually, uh, I, I just, I, I do think that this person is the unsung hero. Um, but also just like, I can't, I get to shout out this guy. So my unsung hero is Conrad Hall, who, uh, is the cinematographer, um, and would also, also would shoot, um, uh, Paul Newman in his last Academy Award nominated performance in Road to Perdition, which is a gorgeous looking film, um, but like I really, you know, and I loved, you know, one of the criticisms I think critics at the time had was that uh, it looked too pretty for a film kind of set in a prison. And I think that's actually what kind of sets it apart is that it does look really good. And I um, I thought like a lot of the especially when he's running the first escape attempt and he's kind of out in the weeds and stuff. It's like that all looked really good. I thought I thought it was shot right. really well. So my I'm going with Conrad Hall as the cinematographer. And I loved the way all the chain gang shots were, you know, in the morning, like the um, the the paving scene where they actually paved a mile of road for yeah. the county like that. I love the way that looks like that could have been really messy to watch if they didn't really shoot it well. Ah, it's great on Sun Hero. Yeah, Brit? absolutely. Um, so I actually kind of forgot to do an unsung hero. Big surprise. Forget lists. Forget to study. Forget everything. Um, but but in in thinking about it. I actually think, and I, I looked it up, so I know I have the right name. At least I think I do. Um, so Fred Price was the set decorator for this, um, for Cool Hand Luke. And the sets in this movie are pretty incredible. There was a story, and I don't know if it's true, but we'll pretend it is, that like a um, a person who uh, would, ins- like an inspector for prisons, came by, thought this was a prison, and actually condemned it because he were like, the... This is not okay. People cannot live in these conditions. And I loved that story so much. And I, I do think that the it, everything in the films feels so realistic, but especially that prison, that dorm, it feels like people have been living on those mattresses for years. I don't even want to know what stains are underneath there. Um, oh. Exactly. That's what it feels like. So I just, man, the sets of this movie are incredible. So... Fred Price. That's great. That's, yeah. I mean, I, there there was times when they were in the, like the dorm where I was like sweating, and my house is very nicely tempered. But it, <laughs> it's a lived-in world. He's um, very lived-in. My unsung hero is is weird because he he won an Academy Award, but George Kennedy is dragline. I he's think so he's just such an important character. Like, listen, it's it's George Nor it's. George, it's Paul Newman's fucking movie, but George Kennedy is so important. And if that character 
like that character needs to work everywhere for Paul Newman to work. Like even the scene where he's like, shit, why did I leave with you? Like it just show, you know, only had a few years left. It just shows like the magnetism of the character. Yeah. So I just, re- you know, I think it's a very deserved um, Academy Award. I think while this, you know, when this comes up, it's always Paul Newman, Paul Newman, Paul Newman. I think that's appropriate. But man, I think George Kennedy deserves a lot of shout outs when this movie comes up and is talked about. Well, yeah. and if you if you're like me and you come to this backwards, like I really only know George Kennedy from the Naked Gun movies, and so right. and so to see him do this, I was like, oh wow, he like you know it's you got some chops there, George Kennedy, and and I and I I agree. I mean, and again in this year where you know you got you got multiple people from Bonnie and Clyde nominated as well as some of the other big films that year. It's like it's 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 pretty impressive that he won just given yeah given the the competition Absolutely. um so I, yeah he's fucking and this was this was not a weak acting year no and and his is very deserved so um i love it and i believe uh, it was so, his one and only oscar nomination yes hell yeah man go for it Good the job. naked gun 33 and a third did not get him a nomination snub alert that might be that might be my favorite of the three. I, I'm not gonna lie. I I really. Well, that's the best one. I think that's the best one by far. Fred Ward's in it. It's 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 so. Yep. Anna Nicole Smith is in it. I mean, what talk about a real time capsule piece there? You know, just to put it out there. Coming up next on a thousand one by one, the Naked Gun thirty three and the third, the final insult. Um, that's not actually coming up. So it would be a first-time watch for me, so that would be exciting, I guess. <laughs> that we that we did cover the naked gun on on the pod. The naked gun is in the book, so there it is. Yes. Oh God. Um, all right. So yeah. Quote. Are we all. Britt, you can give your quote. Oh, oh. Um, favorite quote. Okay. I don't know. It's hard because failure to communicate obviously is a really good. It is like the most iconic one. But honestly, I'm going to go with when he um, when he turns to the prison guard and he tells him that uh, just because it's your job doesn't mean it's right. I'm like, can we all please live by that? This is such an important thing. And as a person who doesn't do very well with authority, um, I appreciate the fact that he felt that he was able to say that back to that asshole of a guy. Yeah, that's a great especially where. You know, in 1967, everything going on. I think that's a very loaded line, so I think it matters a lot. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty uh, intense time, 1967. Man, all right. So we don't a scene and shot, right? Thanks. All right. So. so, does Cool Hand Luke belong in the book? A thousand and one movies you must see before you die. Why don't you go first? You look very nervous, so I'm going to make you go first. Okay, so I I think that I'm going to be the only person that says this today. And there is a caveat for that. So I went back in the book, and I looked at 1967. There are 20 movies represented in 1967. 20. Do you know how many movies are represented from 2017? Four. There are four versus 20. That seems really... This this okay, let me try that again. This book is so back heavy that it makes it very difficult for me to recommend a movie from 1967 when there are 20 other movies from that time. And there are also other movies that do explore the themes that are in this movie that are also in the book. 
So I'm going to go with no for now on the caveat that if we watch something else from 1967 and I don't like it as much as Cool Hand Luke, I'm absolutely going to take Cool Hand Luke out of the book or put Cool Hand Luke in and take whatever that one is out. But right now, I feel like it's too back heavy in the book and we're people are going to find this movie anyways. If you like um, if you like movies like Paul Newman movies, you're going to find this movie. If you like movies about noncompliance, you're going to find this movie. And if you are uh, like movies about the prison system, you're going to come across this movie. It, It's going to be out there in the ether. So instead, my replacement for Cool Hand Luke is going to be Steve McQueen's Hunger from 2008. Oh, fuck. That movie is so, so good. It's so good. And this movie is about the 1981 um, Irish hunger strike led by Bobby Sands, who is played by Michael Fassbender in the Mays prison. And it's really, really brutal. It is a brutal movie that depicts noncompliance. And it's incredibly, like, vicious. It's hard to watch, but it's really important. And because this, it has similar themes to Cool Hand Luke, I just feel like it's a valid replacement for the book. Not to say I don't love Cool Hand Luke. I love it. I just feel like we've got too many movies from 1967. So just saying, in the world you currently live in, the Joker's in the book and Cool Hand Luke isn't. But thanks for it, Adam! <laughs> you know what? We weren't taking Joker out of the book now, were we? Because we all know that I'd kick that book that out in like two seconds. Just saying, that book as currently constructed. <laughs> it's okay. I still think Hunger needs to be in there. So oh, Hunger is fantastic. And I love that. I love Hunger. I, I, really, um, I really can't... I don't think I've disagreed with anything... That Brit just said, like, there's not a single thing that she said that I disagree with. Um, and and I, but it's funny because I was I was I I don't normally just do this with the book anymore, but I was flipping through it over the weekend. I was kind of looking through, and I think I was in like the 30s, and I came across like five or six movies that I've seen, and they're just not good they're not good one of which and i i um uh i don't know how recent it was on on best picture cast but the life of emil zola is in the book it was this season yeah and and that movie it's just it's just not very good it's it's just not it's it's i i see what they're going for but it's not that great no and as and as and i told like as as many films from 67 are in the book i i do think that you know in like and it's like nobody's doing this, but like you know, would I rather have this or in the heat of the night? I'd probably pick Cool Hand Luke. Would I have this or The Graduate? I'd probably, I'd probably take The Graduate. Um, but uh, but I, yeah, um, I, I I you know, and I, what I do remember in my notes was that next to this question, I had I think so, dot dot dot, and um, I I'm gonna I will pull the trigger and I'm gonna fall on the side of yes, I do think that cool hand Luke should be in the book because, and it's funny. And I, while I agree for you for all those reasons about people, like if you are a Paul Newman fan or you want to find a movie about uh, nonconformity, but what I'm, what I am finding out being a, a, a college professor is that 18 to 22 year olds don't care. And that if they have this book, they will find it. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of, I mean, I don't, it, you're, it's too bad to be, but I do think that Cool Hand Luke is something that, like, 
these whippersnappers should watch. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going with yes. <laughs> I totally agree with all of those points. This was actually a really difficult one for me because this is one of those ones where the conversation almost flipped me because I, I was like, like man, yeah. it is a great movie. But I also feel like I need to stick to my guns of there are too many movies before like 2000 in this book. And it's I, we got to draw a draw line somewhere. And you know what? I'll, when we get to Joker, we all know I'm putting Cool Hand Luke back in. I'm just saying that. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Your Paul Newman hatred is really bothersome. <laughs> oh, no. I have an enemy uh, now. Uh, the only person who's ever said a bad thing about Paul Newman. But <laughs> anyway. Did anything so, bad about I, Paul Newman? I, that's what I heard. I Just remember, remember, I don't like the lighthouse. So now you can put it back on me. Put it back on me. <laughs> yeah, but other people don't. It's just, you know, the first person ever to not like Paul Newman to take him <laughs> out of something. So you know, hey, the we all we all make choices. Um, I just hit my head on my mic. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, well, Paul Newman's smiling. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm like, imagine after all that, <laughs> it would yeah, be like no. me during drive. It's okay. <laughs> It'd be really funny. But no, um, yeah, I think this movie, because, you know, I think really, you know, I was yes from the get-go, but um, I think so much of it is because Paul Newman, such, Paul Newman is such a movie star, but also an actor, and this is also so much of an ensemble. Like, he didn't suck all the air out of the room. Like, he knew that it needed to be bigger than just him, but it's also, you know, him. So I just think it's great. I think it's something that can get lost because – you know, at this point, it's 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 getting up there. So, um, you know, I think it's important. I think people should see it. So, yes, I, I think this book, this movie, one hundred percent belongs in the book. So, as normal, two yeses and a no. I think that's good. Nice balance. You know, I, I am a chaos demon. I had to throw it in there. It's just, it's Brit, it's Brit being nonconformity right now. It's Thank Brit, you. Yeah. Thank you. As a person who who is actually really bad at like stepping out of line at work or something, I appreciate being able to be non-conforming here. And with this movie, I think a consensus yes would have felt wrong. But you know, <laughs> yeah. I, you know me, me and Adam just we we're fans of Paul Newman. But, <laughs> and that has been Cool Hand Luke, friends, and it was awesome, and I'm so happy. <laughs> um, so next. Adam, where are we going? Uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna go um, in, in out into the the sticks uh, with our good friend Humphrey Bogart, and um, we're gonna see if we can find the treasure of the Sierra Madre. Um, full disclosure: I picked this because I've never seen it, and it's been it's been something that's been like it, it, it's not like it's not like such a mountain. It's not like I've never seen Casablanca, but like this is I've been told repeatedly you have to see this movie, and so. Uh, finally gonna gonna cross that bridge next uh, next time we're all together. That's awesome, Britt, Have you seen Treasure of Sierra Madre? No, I'm actually really really excited to see this movie. This is uh one that I uh, when it was on the list, I started reading about it and I was like, I I really can't wait to watch this movie. So I'm I'm pretty stoked. Oh, me too, and I love that because I've never seen it either. So this oh, is nice. exciting. Nice, nice. So that'd be great. So three three first time watches coming up for the the treasure of the Sierra Madre. Um, but uh, but before we get there, you know, we want to know what you think about 
cool hand luke if if you're on uh if you're on joey's side and you think you think brit has just done something sacrilegious here um yeah apparently <laughs> i'm just the enemy i am public enemy number one people <laughs> But yeah, please, please find us on, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and you can listen to us in all the places. Uh, uh, but until next time, when we're talking about the treasure of the Sierra Madre, I am Adam. I am apparently Paul Newman hater, Brett. <laughs> and I am Joey. And we will see you next time. Oh, Avalon, we shall.